Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. Hey guys, Mark here. Welcome to the third episode in the Grow Your Site mini-series. This week, you can find new episodes daily over at authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. You can find all the show notes, links, and other info there. And today, we're going to be talking about how to create a traffic snowball to your site. Just before we get started, though, I want to thank everyone who signed up for this Sunday's free training webinar so far. The webinar is titled Five Steps to Start and Scale Your Own Fleet of Highly Profitable Authority Sites. It's filling up really fast, so if you want to join us, be sure to sign up at authorityhacker.com forward slash training. That's going to be happening on Sunday, the 14th of May at 8 p.m. London, 3 p.m. New York. And one of the great things about these webinars is it really gives us a chance to show you the tactics we've used in a much more visual way. And because we're doing that, we can actually cover quite a lot in a short space of time. So it really is going to be an action-packed session. If you want to join, then please go to authorityhacker.com forward slash training. And now here's today's podcast. All right, guys. So today we are going to talk about bringing people back to your website. And, you know, a lot of people, when they do online marketing, they're always running after a new source of traffic and this new exciting source of traffic, etc. That can be social media. You know, we like to use Pinterest, for example. Now I'm looking at, you know, messenger bots, for example. They're kind of like a cool way of getting people to get on your website. All that's a returning to, uh, source of traffic. But one of the easiest ways to grow your traffic is to get the people that have been on your website once to come back. And it's significantly easier to earn that visit than it is to to actually find someone that has never been on your website to visit it. And most importantly, return visitors are, tend to be more profitable in a sense that if they're willing to go back on your website after a first experience, it means they have some kind of level of trust or they got some kind of value the first time. And so these are the people that you know, will most likely click on your affiliate links, you know, buy your products or click on your ads or just visit a lot of pages, whatever it is that actually makes you make money. So one thing I think is like, it's definitely important to get some cold traffic because otherwise nobody can return on your site. But it's important to master one cold source of traffic. We like SEO a lot because it's very targeted and very the traffic tends to be high value. Social media is also really powerful. But once you have that, I believe that one of the things that most people ignore, like unjustifiably, especially newbies, like people that make a lot of money, they definitely have all these channels in place. But the newbies, they all focus on, on cold traffic and they ignore making people, you know, returning. And so... I think it's kind of like this this idea that you install Google Analytics and if you're focusing on SEO, you know, the traffic numbers to your site is the only thing that matters and it's like, yeah. it's the metric which you determine success or failure. It's not. You know, well, we've I mean, had, it counts as visits as well, right? It's just like it doesn't count as more unique users. Yeah, but uh, what I'm trying to say is like at the end of the day, like your goal here is not to to get lots of traffic that's a nice thing to have and that's going to help you achieve your goal but your goal is to make money out of this and there are more effective ways as we're going to talk today about to get money out of people than finding more people to to come to your site it's much easier to to get those same people coming back than it is to find a new person from scratch 
Yeah, as I was preparing that podcast, it reminded me of How I Met Your Mother, the rule from Barney Stinson that like new is always better, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and it's kind of like the, the rule that most online marketers have. They're like, oh, like, you know, like these guys running after the next girl, the next girl all the time. Doesn't matter if she's, you know, worse than the previous one, new is always better. But it's kind of the same for online marketers in that case, in the sense that uh, actually it's not. It's, it's easier to get higher value from the people that are willing to come back several times. And so, you know, the reasons you would want to do that is first, multiple monetization opportunities. I mean, Authority Hacker is a prime example in the sense that the people that click on our affiliate links and we have plenty on the site, you know, they don't just do it once because they love the content. Like when they buy your product, people get out of their way to email me and say, hey, can you send me your affiliate link for that product? So I'm sure you get paid for like all the content you get to, et cetera. And just the fact that they're willing to read all our content allows us to present them with more interesting products they might want to buy and, you know, gets us money. And it's the same with the health emission email list. Brand advocacy is also powerful, you know, like this really old marketing rule that like you need to be exposed seven times for people to remember and so on. And eventually you can make them brand advocates, talk about it to their friends and so on. Well, you can only really do that when people visit your site several times. It's rare that you go on the site one time and you're like an absolute fan already. Locking down your niche is a good idea as well. So I think actually Neil Patel does that real well right now in the sense that he has been building his Facebook page a lot and like he's getting a lot of people to return from social media and email actually. And uh, he's buying all he's, these tools and stuff as well. What yeah, yeah. You suggest and that, that other one as well. I forgot what it was. Yeah, he's doing that really well right now in terms of locking down the niche of being like the source that people go to. And I'm sure as you you know increase that phenomena people don't even search anymore they go on your site and they search on your site and that's powerful that's why i like it and most importantly it gives you increased control over traffic right so if you rely on social media or google you know all it takes is one update to whatever algorithm they have for you to lose a large chunk of the traffic you were getting every day whereas if you're talking about like an email list or you're talking about i don't know push notification list although you know these things can be affected by updates like you know if gmail changes the way they show promotion emails for example your email is, is going to be affected no matter how you want it to do it no matter how much you quote unquote own the list these things tend to happen a lot less often and as a result it brings stability to your business which is a recurring theme in these podcasts right we talked about diversifying business models we talked about having multiple writers so that you don't really own just one and in that case also you know this these returning paths essentially are another way to increase stability in your business in a very uncertain online business world, you know? When we talk about bringing people back, you know, people always just think about the tactic, right? Oh, the email list, oh, the push notifications, etc. We're going to talk about all of that. But that's not what you need first. I see a lot of people jump onto these things without a fundamental thing that everyone needs is a reason to come back. If there is absolutely nothing new on your site, if there's no reason for people to you know, get more value out of your website, there's no reason trying to bring them back. And so if you're the guy that has like, like I see a guy right now that's uh, following me that actually, uh, I'm not going to give his name because that would be giving advertising. He's in the online marketing niche as well. He has like one blog post on his blog and he's retargeting me all the time. I'm like, yeah, every time I come, there's one blog post on your blog. Maybe if you put something new and interesting on your site, I'd come back more often. And so what you want is, well, fresh content is definitely the engine of that returning 
uh, mechanic for people. So if your site is only a review site where you review Amazon items, for example, and people land it from search, and then you know they found the result they wanted for that item, uh, th- then there's no real reason to bring them back. And that's when you're locked into that real mini niche site, review site model, which I'm not a huge fan of. That's why we advocate a much broader version of an authority site and focusing on a topic versus focusing on a product. An example of Perrin, for example, he could have been reviewing you know, dog leashes, but no, he's just talking about dogs in general. It allows him to produce content like you know, in helping people choosing the right nutrition for their dog or like you know, how to keep their teeth clean or whatever it is. And you can recommend products doing that, but you focus on the topic. And if you have something interesting to say about the topic, like a new content, recommended product, some event, Maybe, you know, one thing I like to do as well is building deeper connection with stories and rents, etc. We don't really do it a lot on Authority Hacker right now, but it's something I want to do more. But like, I remember back in the day when I used to write the emails on Health Ambition, I was doing that quite a bit. <laughs> Mark knows because I was writing in his name sometime before Helen Sanders came to be the editor of the website. <laughs> and so, and, and that did work, actually. It's like uh, the people that uh, I know that were on the email list, like still quote some of these stories sometimes. Uh, and that's really funny, actually. I think like um, if you want to get into the head of your your user, like your, your readers of your of your blog, you need to sort of think about what is going to make them come to your site and look for the answer as opposed to go to Google and look for the answer. Like if, if you have a question, if you, if you need to find out some information, most of the time you're gonna to go to Google, but Google's just gonna present you with a list of what it thinks is the best information. So in order for someone to come direct to you, you need to be able to convince them that to bypass Google and in their own mind, like if they wanna know something about health, they would go to healthambition.com. Now, it's very difficult to do that, and it's not really like a concrete way of, there's not really like a specific steps you need to do other than like general things like having great content, although that's somewhat of an arbitrary statement. But can get out of that body. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of mindset you need, to, you need to have around this when you're trying to get people to come back. I mean, I would even argue that even if people are Googling stuff, right? But you've built that return path where people go check your new blog post every week or several times a month or whatever it is. And you've been doing a good job at putting it in front of them and they've been reading regularly. When they Google a keyword and your site is like number five, for example, right? Then yeah, but they recognize you get that you, click. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You'll get that click, even though you rank number five. And that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of people that are like, oh, but a lot of your keywords are like number three, four, etc. Why don't you fight for number one? I mean, we're doing it a bit, but given the amount of keywords we rank for, like thousands and thousands and thousands in the case of health ambition, it's just unrealistic to put resources behind each of them. It's like we kind of like rely on the overall domain authority. But most importantly, because we have all these people in that niche that read our site every day, like tens of thousands, they do recognize us eventually and they click on our results in Google because they recognize the domain name. They know they have had a good experience and they have had these return paths that, you know, fidelize them. And and, and we do get pretty good clicks through it, even if we get like positions three or four just because people recognize us. That's what it does. It's just people recognize you also you know, the brand identity, like we do that much better on authority hacker than we do on health ambition. Like, you know, the fact that people recognize the character, for example, like on Facebook, it's insane. Like the clicks rate for our ads is like seven to 10% very often. <laughs> and it's, it's very high because people recognize that. So anyway, so all of that to say, 
we're going to talk about tactics from now on. We're going to talk about all the technical stuff that people love and the tools, etc. But you need stuff, a reason for people to come back. The easiest being a new blog post. Other things can be any kind of promotion. Like you can be promoting a webinar. You can be maybe recommending a new product. You can, as I said, post a story, that kind of stuff. You need to build that connection, essentially. So now let's jump into what everyone's been waiting for and everyone's hating us for ranting about all that stuff before. The technical ways that you can bring people back and how we do it, right? And as I said, it is the, the goal of all of this is to build that traffic snowball where there is a flux of people coming from cold traffic, let's say Google in our case, and then a percentage of them, usually that's going to be not super high, right? That's going to be like 5% of people will enter that snowball. But every day we get like, you know, tens of thousands of people from Google and 5% of them will return and we can get them to return multiple times and it adds up over time and your traffic grows. So the first, not long ago, like, Email was basically the one way that people would use to get people to return to their website. It would be like, oh, capture the email list, build an email list, blah, 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 et cetera. And to some extent, it is still one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful method of bringing people back to your website. But it's far from being the only one. There's so many new things right now that allow you to bring people back. But it is the spine of your traffic snowball. So collecting emails is still something you want to do. Despite the fact that you know now people get so many promotion emails, your click, your open rates and clicks rates, you know they're probably half of what they were like three or four years ago, no matter what industry you're in. And you know things like Gmail bundle them together and make it easy to you know archive all of them at once, etc. So you know you will need to supplement your email with other things if you want your traffic snowball to be quite powerful. But you should can still I, can I just ask you a question? Like, what's your like over the next three years? How do you see email going as like a as an important medium for this? Like, do you think um, it's going to decline? Well, here's the deal: the email feeds other things, and that's why it's still what I call the spine. But like, your spine without the rest of your body is kind of useless, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with your email list, the things that you can do, for example, on Instagram. And I was going to talk about this when we go into the social media, but hey, let's just drop a, a crunchy tip right now. If you want to grow an Instagram following, which is another way to you know fertilize people, even though you can't put links in the photos, you can say, hey, click in the link in the description. And you can actually grow an Instagram followership insanely fast if you have a big email list because you can actually synchronize your email list with your Google contacts on Gmail. And then you can take your Gmail contact and synchronize them with Instagram. And all of a sudden, you're following everyone that's in your email list. And a large percentage of these people will follow you back as they recognize your brand. And so it's very easy to get you know, thousands of Instagram followers instantly as you open your profile and reach them in a different way than email, right? So there is many things like that that you can do with email. You used to be able to do it with Facebook. Not anymore. However... Not for free, at least, but you can do it if you pay because you can upload your email list to Facebook and build them as a retargeting audience and bring them back, for example. So for that reason, email is the spine. It's kind of like the one piece of data that is going to be used across all retargeting medium. And that's why collecting emails is extremely important. And I think even if you were not to email these people, it would still be useful. It's transitioning to something different. It's transitioning to just giving contact info on many more mediums than just email Mm -hmm. when you give your email. So definitely we recommend to keep collecting emails. However, there have been some changes with Google. So for example, 
we used to use opt-in pop-ups, you know, a lot. The problem is that now Google penalizes websites that have intrusive pop-ups, as they call them, intrusive interstitials, they call them, on mobile, on mobile only, right? So we still run pop-ups on desktop, but on mobile, we've replaced it with a ribbon, right? So it's kind of like a hello bar. So it's uh, the, the call to action is essentially taking, I don't know, like 20% of the screen on top or at the bottom, and people click on a button, and then it pops the pop-up, right? Or they can close the ribbon. And that is, the, you know, you won't collect as many emails as with the pop-up, but it's still not so bad. I mean, like, we're like, with the ribbons on, on, on our sites, it's like 2-3% opt-in rate. So that's not terrible, right? Another thing that works still great is Content Upgrades. Content Upgrades is an interesting one because maybe like two years ago, they came out and it was all the rage, right? Like lead pages built um, lead boxes for them and you know everyone was like, oh my God, Content Upgrades, Content Upgrades, Content Upgrades. And it became so popular that you know every blog post you would read, at least in the online marketing niche, would have a Content Upgrade. <laughs> now we are guilty of that, like much less people do it. And so because usually when people tend to do things less, that's when I start picking them up again. So, for example, I'm picking up infographics again because people are kind of like forgetting about them at this point. And so, yeah, they're still very powerful. And some of ours get up to 10%, 12% opt-in rate on some blog posts. So it's huge, right? If you can get 100 visits from Google to a page, which is not that hard. Uh, for blog posts, it means you can get 10 to 12 subscribers per day with kind of grades. Now, multiply that by 30 days, boom, you have like 300 to 400 subscribers per month. At the end of the year, you have a list of, you know, 4,500 people from that one blog post. So it's pretty powerful. One thing that we've tested lately that works great is the opt-in on the homepage. Like we're doing an Ontario Hacker and Health Ambition right now. Health Ambition, the call to action could be slightly better. But overall, even on Health Ambition, the opt-in rate is like, six percent seven percent on notary hacker is like 15 or something so your homepage gets a lot of traffic especially for people that google your brand so putting an opt-in you know at the top while being navigational so i don't like making these a lot of people do that homepage where it's like just an opt-in page and it's like there's a link to the blog like right at the bottom mm -hmm. uh, i just feel like this is not what 90 percent of people came for it's a bit like forcing it down their throat so when you do your opt-ins, it's one thing that uh, you need to be mindful of. And sometimes we go a little bit overboard as well, I will admit it, is, you know, not being too much in, like, like think about everyone. So I like putting an opt-in above the fold, but after that, I like putting, like, links to the best posts and navigation to different parts of the website. And essentially, the homepage is historically a navigational page. So putting an opt-in on top is fine. Making it just an opt-in page, I think, is a little abusive. And what amazes me is, like, the people that hate the pop-ups are the people that do this kind of homepage. I'm like, yeah, how is that different? That's, that's my vision. And actually, the opt-in rate can be pretty good, especially if you put an exit intent pop-up on that homepage as well. So that, you know, the people that didn't opt-in but look to exit, you can still get tap to them. That's pretty powerful. Opt-in pages promoted in sidebar and content can be a good one as well. We don't do that, but I know, I know like Niche Hacks does that. I know that there's a bunch of house blocks that do that as well. Essentially what they do is, you know how we talk about you need media inside your content to make it like less boring and not a block of text? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, some people, instead of putting, you know, random stock images... They create banners, like let's say Health Ambition, they create a banner with like a fruit salad, right? And then they'll say, click here to download seven fruit salads that will help you lose weight or whatever. And then that's going to be the media in their blog post. Mm -hmm. And it's going to link to an opt-in page, so a dedicated page for opt-in. 
I find it pretty smart in the sense that it breaks the rule of text of content without images, and at the same time, it helps the opt-in rate. So if you were able to create a lot of these... Isn't that just a content upgrade, though? Not really, because these opt-ins are promoted across... Like, they're not necessarily super related to the blog post. Like, the image is going to be related, but not necessarily the offer. Right. Okay, so it's kind of like more... The concept's more like an, uh, an ad internally, if that makes sense. Yeah. It is, but like because it's but so easy looking to create, like an ad, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can actually fit in the content. The image fits in the content, but if you click on the image, it's an opt-in, which is pretty smart. I think. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. I think it's powerful. But the email, your email list, once you've done all these things, is basically I use it like an RSS feed. Like nobody subscribes to RSS feeds anymore. But just send your new blog post via email. We like to mix promos and content. I mean. We have tried various degrees of promo and content, right? So like at some point on Health Symmetry, it was like all promo. Hmm. Some point it was like all content. Some point it was like three content, one promo. Sometimes it was two, two, et cetera. In the end, people get fatigued no matter what format you pick. So you, what is important is kind of like changing it all the time yeah. and being in, unpredictable, I think. But, you know, you can promote products and we've like, uh, I've made some promos where it made like thousands of bucks promoting like one thing. But yeah, one email. And I like to keep it personal. So like, I don't like these newsletter formats, you know, where there's like so many images and half of them don't load in your email client, etc. I like to keep it like blank background text, one link, one or two call to actions, and that's it. And that's what you get with Atari Hacker. That's what you get with Health Ambition. And actually, I've been reading a bunch of studies where they say that it actually works better when it's a person writing. It's more personal. So that's email. And that's the spine of your returning engine, but that's definitely not everything, but you should have it. Then the second one is social media following, obviously. Social media following is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, I know Facebook is reducing the reach and you know Twitter, I would argue at this point, Twitter is basically useless if you want traffic to your site. Don't even bother with it. So it's an article I wanted to write. I didn't have time, but yeah, Twitter in terms of traffic is ridiculous. At this point, like at the time at which we're recording that podcast, we're running the giveaway, right? The giveaway where we give $6,700 of tools and there's like a nice promo image, etc. of it has 469 retweets at this point and there's like 100 clicks to the link, right? So it's so useless. So don't bother about Twitter, but Instagram, I just gave you the trick earlier, synchronize with your Google contacts and then synchronize with the phone app. You can do that on desktop. Other networks that you do that, such as LinkedIn, Pinterest just removed it, sadly. Uh, they used to let you do that and that was really cool. But like a bunch of social networks will let you do that. You can also upload your email list to Facebook custom audiences and then advertise to your email list. And that's one thing, right? You know how I said like the open rate on your emails is probably half of what it was three years ago? Well, the way to recover some of that is to take the same message that you have on your on your email. So let's say email a new blog post. Essentially mirror that promotion via retargeting on Facebook. And it's not very expensive. You can put like 10 or 20 bucks behind it. Not a lot more money than you would spend on your email provider. I mean, like we spend like, I don't know, like 200 bucks per month on email. And we sell like, we sell, we send like, I don't know, five emails a month maybe on Atari Hacker. So, you know, the cost per email is, you know, 30, 40 bucks, but that's fine. So I usually look at that cost and I spend about the same in retargeting. I retarget people in the countries that buy our courses because, hey, we're still a company. And I mirror the promotion. Essentially, I manage to triple the amount of clicks I get in my emails by also running retargeting 
with the same thing, with the same blog post, essentially, to that audience. So that is one thing that you should do, and you need your email list for that. Okay, let me pause that for a second. Another cool way to grow your social following that I like is, so there's, um, there's a plugin called Easy Share Buttons that you can buy on Code Canyon. I think it's like $29 or something. It's extremely complicated, but it's cre- extremely powerful. We'll put, a, we'll put a link to this in the show notes. Go to authorityhacker.com forward slash grow to find all these podcast show notes. So I've been experimenting with it lately. It's like I've been experimenting on, uh, on a few sites, and it's really powerful in the sense that when people share a blog post with these share buttons, you can have it pop a pop-up that invites them to follow you on social media. And it only pops when people share your content. So they're like the primary people you want. So like they might be resharing more content, right? And and sometimes and you know our most popular share button on health ambition is the email one, which is very surprising. But uh, you know it, these are the people I want on my social profile. So an easy way to grow that, if you have some traffic, is to actually use that plugin. It's gonna grow your social following, not by a lot, but it's gonna grow it with the right people. And another thing, another very easy one I do is in the bottom of every email we use Active Campaign makes it very easy. Is we just put the social icons with all our social profiles, and you know I'm tracking the clicks to these. It's not a lot once again, but it adds up over time. So if you add all these little things, like you synchronize with your email list, you have this plugin that invites people to follow you after they share. And you have links to your social buttons as uh, to social profiles. Sorry, at the end of every email, uh, you know you can get quite a bit of following. And on Facebook, since we run retargeting campaigns uh, to our email list, people also like our page through that. So it doesn't grow a lot, but like if you look at the um, Atari Hacker is definitely a prime example on, on the ones we've done that I can show. And like we have at this point 7,259 likes, which is not a lot, right? But I've shared the giveaway without promoting it, and there's 32 likes and reshares and stuff. I've been sharing, like the last podcast also has 27 likes and like, comments and stuff, so the engagement is really high, and the, the, like, the last podcast literally with our promo gets us like 100 clicks or so. So, you know, it, it kind of adds up. You build extremely engaged following, even though it's not very big, but that's not the problem. You want traffic, right? That's how you make money. So how to use that social following? The first thing that I have experimented on health ambition that works well is don't just share your stuff. Use your social following as a way to experiment what you should write about on your site. And I'm using a tool called SmarterQ that allows you to curate you know, the most shared and liked posts on your competitors' pages, including their blog posts, right? And I queue them in there. And when something does really well, then I queue the topic on our editorial calendar. So we end up creating a similar post and then we can put it as an evergreen post. So MarterQ allows you to recycle your posts as well and, and essentially get that social sharing and activity to our site instead of a computer site. But like I like to, first of all, mixing with other people's content makes it more of a topic page, not just like a brand page, which seems to be working pretty well. And it also acts as a lab for us to figure out what to write about so that we can get more of that returning traffic and highly shareable content. Mixing media types seems to be doing pretty well. I've been doing a lot with uh, funny images and stuff, and it works pretty well. When there's a post, that post that, that's important to you or something that's going to boost your engagement a lot, then I put money behind it, so I retarget it. And we have this concentric circle way of retargeting. I've done a webinar in H Pro Platinum, but I'm going to give you the basics. And essentially what I like to do is 
first I retarget my more most engaged audience. And usually for us, these are the people that paid us money. So I retarget them with the content. They get it gets high engagement, shares and likes and comments, etc. Then I retarget the people that have been on the website for the last 180 days. So I expand essentially and I add like another I don't know 20, 30 bucks, whatever. And then after, like, that gets decent engagement. And then after that post has a lot of social proof, so it can have, like, 100 likes, bunch of comments, bunch of shares, etc. Then I expand it to the fans of the competitors. So that's when I bring in the cold traffic with my social media following. So I'm using my returning traffic and my highly engaged audience to build social proof and, you know, get that traffic snowball. But then I also use it as a way to expand my cold traffic. And when that cold traffic visits my site, well, they enter my retargeting audiences, which means they're part of my snowball as well at this point. So that is how you use social media to build that snowball, essentially. And I'm going to talk about a third one that is controversial. A lot of people hate it, but a lot of people hated opt-in pop-ups and then now everyone has them, right? Mm. <laughs> and and that's push notifications. So push notifications, I believe they're the email of mobile. Like I don't think at this point I'm considering cutting all opt-ins, like all opt-in pop-ups, rebounds, etc. on mobile, just because it it feels like it hinders the experience of the website. And instead, just keeping push notifications because push notification opt-in when your site is HTTPS and your site needs to be an HTTPS they actually are browser native, meaning like there's no weird stuff loading on your screen, not being the right size. And you know how it works sometimes, these things on small screens. It just takes over the whole screen and it's, it's, it's just bad experience. Well, push notification opt-in on HTTPS doesn't work that way. It's, it's compatible with your browser. It's your browser generating the opt-in, so it looks good. And literally, it's one click to, to register to the push notifications. And it works like any other app after. Like, you know how you get... Like, I get a lot of notifications from Foursquare when I go around. Like, they're like, oh, are you in this restaurant, etc." Well, it's the same notifications on your phone. And the click-through rate is basically, like, now we have pretty big push notifications this time. I mean, it's over 50,000 on Health Ambition. And uh, the click-through rate is about the same as the one we get from email. Like the traffic you get from it is very comparable to one you get from email, except that, you know, you can write like 100 characters on your push notifications. But what you can do is you can create a landing page to put all the content you would have put in your email for these people. Another thing you can do as well is you can send push notifications to opt-in pages that are mobile optimized so that there's no wanky experience in terms of opting in and it's it's very clean even from mobile and then you you have these people as part of your first of all push list you have all of them there's no need for double opt-in or anything and then the people that are really engaged they will also opt into your email list so i kind of like it as like a soft email etc so we use onesignal.com it's free so you don't need to pay for push crew or any of these i know a push lot of is one of these ones it's like bluehost you know they have a very good affiliate program so that's why yeah, everyone really recommends is. them well, onesignal.com is 100% free. They do use data on your site for retargeting purposes. So they sell the audiences on your site to advertisers as a way to pay for their bills, which I think is fair. I mean, like nobody knows how they enter retargeting lists anyway, so I don't mind so much. Provided, I mean, since it's running on like big networks for ads, it can be running like porn ads or whatever. So yeah. I'm not too worried about that. And, and I actually think the dashboard is better than Push Guru. 
and the options are, are more advanced. So onesignal.com, 100% free. Go check it out if you want to implement push notifications. And I think it's especially good for the people that didn't have an email list at the beginning. Actually, I'm going to talk about that at the end. But it, it's a very easy way to, it's much easier to, to manage than an email list. So it's also really powerful for timely discounts or something because you pop on people's screen. And most importantly, there's not as many push notifications at this point as there is emails, right? So in the email list, in the email box, like you're, you're competing with like 50 other promo emails in people's emails. In the push notification, not really, because you either dismiss them right away or you click. And so I believe that over time, it's going to be a more competitive medium to be in than email as email gets more and more saturated. So these are really the three pillars. It's one, email, two, social media following and advertising and three push notifications. And we bring a lot of people back through all of these, I'd say like 10%, sometimes 15% of people that visit our site. I mean, let me actually just literally check the analytics right now on how many people come back on Authority Hacker. I think it's something like 30% or something. And that's really what allowed us to do pretty well, despite the fact that you know our cold traffic is, is all right, but not incredible. And so, that's because we bring people back all the time. I actually can't find it right now, but it's quite a lot. It's, it's something like 30 or 40%. So let's just jump on the next part anyway, which is how do you deploy this logically? So you are someone that's listening to that podcast. You've had, I don't know, some kind of Amazon affiliate review site, and you're like, okay, I want to take this to the next level. I want to build a real authority site that you know will be more topic-based and be more interesting to people. What do I do? The first thing I would do, actually, despite the fact that email is the spine, as I said, I would actually start with installing push notifications. I would go on onesignal.com and install that on my site. The reason why is because the setup takes like an hour and then you're done. Then you can just send a push notification in, in two minutes. There's even a WordPress plugin, so you can actually literally tick a box. And when you publish a post, it sends a push notification. That's how little work there is. With that, so despite the fact that email is probably something you need to do quickly, push notification is so fast and so high return that I would put that first. It's also low management. So if you just want some kind of return without involving yourself a lot, push notification is the way. I've actually talked to some friends of mine here in Budapest, and they hadn't done any of that. They've installed one signal, and now they have a couple thousand of people. They're able to get you know, a couple hundred clicks when they push some new content, and it's, it's really nice. It's, it's really helping them get some shares, some action right away on Gets day one. For- initial social proof as well. It's good for yeah, I mean, don't expect miracles, right? So if you only have like uh, 2,000 people, it's like you, you won't go viral probably. Yeah. But it's nice and easy. The second thing is I would probably build one lead magnet and one opt-in page, just like dedicated opt-in page, right? So let's say you are a site about, let's just take hip up. Then I'd be like, okay, five tricks you can teach to your dog today that would be fun for you and for him. Something like this, right? Then I build a quick opt-in page. I would really make sure it's mobile optimized, that it looks good on mobile. And I would probably push that to my push notification list. So let's say at this point you have 2,000 people. You're able to push that page like three times over two weeks, let's say. And you're able to get 300 clicks, 50% of of people opt-ins. So you get like 150, 200 subscribers on your email list, something like that. Then what I would do is I would probably get Thrive Leads and I would put an opt-in pop-up that offers the same lead magnet 
on my site for desktop and I would maybe put a ribbon or I would do the banners that we talked about inside my content promoting the landing page that you already built so that the cold traffic that comes to your site already, maybe just at the end of the content so you don't hurt your affiliate sales, you know, start opting into your email list and you start getting these people. Then I would claim all my social profiles and for those that allow it, such as Instagram, LinkedIn, etc., whichever social profile makes sense for your niche, I would invite my existing subscribers on social. The way you do that is you synchronize your contacts with Gmail contacts and you synchronize your Gmail with your social profile. And then finally, I would also add the retargeting code of Facebook on my site. And that one I would use Adespresso's uh, Pixel Caffeine, I think, Caffeine Pixel. It's a plugin for WordPress that is really powerful. It allows you to create audiences based on categories and tags, etc. in WordPress. So you can say, oh, I only want to re- you know, target people who have visited pages related to dog food, not all of these pages, for example. And so you're able to build all these audiences with that custom plugin. And then you're able to, when you publish a new post about dog food, you're able to put it in front of them for very cheap, actually. You, we get clicks for like five cents sometimes, two cents. So as I said, it doesn't need to cost a lot more than your email marketing. And if you do all these things, then you have a pretty good snowball system where people can join your push notification. You have one lead magnet. It's not like a super advanced email marketing system, but you have like one good lead magnet. Hopefully that gets good opt-in rate. We talk about how to build high opt-in rate lead magnets in HPro. You have an opt-in page that you can promote with your push notification that you can also promote with the ribbon on your site or like images on your site. You have a system that synchronizes your subscribers with your social profiles. So when you post your posts on social profile, they actually reach people that are interested in your stuff. And you have a retargeting system where you can put a little bit of money in and essentially bring back these high value visitors, keep them engaged and uh, essentially make more sales to them. So that was essentially the traffic snowball and bringing people back to your site. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Tomorrow we'll we're uh, going to be doing scaling outreach. So if you want to learn about link building and all our tips and tricks and tactics for, for doing that, then um, be sure to check back tomorrow. I don't uh, think that's be... going to be very popular. You know, People <laughs> hate it. It'll be published on authorityhacker.com forward slash grow. So check it out. Thanks for listening to the show today. Just before we finish up, I wanted to remind everyone of the free live training webinar we're running for you this Sunday, that Sunday 14th of May. We're going to be showing you a simple five-step formula to start and scale your own fleet of highly profitable authority sites. So if you like today's podcast, you will get a ton of value out of this free live training webinar. Um, To sign up, head on over to authorityhacker.com forward slash training. That's authorityhacker.com forward slash training. And we hope to see you there on Sunday.